Hello, and welcome to the Real Happy Mom podcast, the weekly podcast for moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode number 67. Hey there, we are back for another episode of the Real Happy Mom podcast, and I am so happy that you are here to join me on this particular episode. On this episode, I'm talking to Dr. Omolara about being an empowered mom, not just a mom, but being an empowered woman, because a lot of times as moms, we get caught up in motherhood and we tend to lose ourselves and feel like we're only a mom. But Dr. Omolara shows us that we are more than just a mom. And she shares her four-step process to being an empowered mom. And I cannot wait to share this episode with you. But before we jump into our episode for today, I want to share the mommy win for this week. So let's listen to this week's mommy win. Hey, my name is CJ and I wanted to share a win with you guys. I recently started my own business. Um, it's a women's watch collection. Um, my Instagram handle is mindset.collection. Um, and like I said, it's a women's watch collection. And the watch is for ambitious women. Um, the watch gives women a daily reminder to recognize the power of their mindset um, and to go after their dreams. Um, and to really realize that you have the power to create the life you want. Um, so if you guys get a chance, go check it out. CJ, I am super excited about your new watch line and I have already placed my order in and ladies, let me tell you, this is a very sleek and beautiful design that I'm sure that you will really love. So make sure you check out CJ and her watches. Now that we have all of that out of the way, let us jump into this week's episode with Dr. Omolara. All right, today we have a very awesome guest, and I am so excited to have Dr. Omalar on the podcast. So welcome. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yes, this is actually a guest who was referred from another previous guest, Amber. So you definitely should go back and listen to that episode. She was the one that was like, hey, you need to get her on the podcast. So I have been so excited and been really looking forward to talking to you today. So thank you. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Thanks so much. I'm excited too. Yes. Now, before we get into our topic for today, I just wanted you to share a little bit about you and what you do on and offline. Yeah. So I am a pediatrician. Um, I am a mom. So that's how it, it, that's chronologically how I am. So I first became a pediatrician uh, about 15 years ago, and then I became a mom about seven years ago. In between that, I became a wife too. And uh, ultimately, I have two little girls who are five and seven, who keep me on my toes. And over, I think one of the really important things for your audience to know is that as a pediatrician, I really, you know, was compelled to work, of course, with kids. But then I didn't realize early in my career that the main focus of my work is actually going to be working with moms. So mm. over time, over time, I started to just love the interactions with mothers, love the idea of really supporting them in an intimate way. I think most moms can understand that the relationship they have, hopefully with their pediatrician, is one of 
trust, a lot of intimacy where hopefully you can bear it all. A lot of my, my moms did. And what I was noticing though was that I was being more drawn to um, really working with moms, but felt like in that office, it was just so hard. Um, it was like 15 minutes that you got to go to the next mom. So I would do a lot of after hours calls with moms. And then I said to myself, um, you know, why not actually do coaching? One of the moms had actually referred a mom who wasn't my patient <laughs> to me and was like, she helped me with this. You should talk to her. And and that's kind of how I started thinking about coaching, which was not on my radar. Um, I am, I trained um, in Boston. I'm a born and bred New Yorker. I'm still here in New York, but uh, a lot of my work actually has been being a pediatrician in other parts of the country and doing global health in, in um, several countries in Africa, Latin America, and Asia. And so I'm really excited to be here. And I would say that the biggest focus for me right now is um, understanding that although I was doing coaching for moms one-on-one, -on -one, um, the gems I realized were when those moms would get together and be able to really share their stories with each other and build that community. And so most recently, what I've been doing is um, reformatting, relaunching my coaching to really build a program that focuses on group coaching. And so I started that last fall, and um, I'm, I'm basically offering kind of coaching for moms and still have a day job <laughs> doing pediatrics and research as well. And that is so awesome. That's one thing that I have been looking up to you. I don't know if I told you that, but that's one thing that I admire you about is your group coaching that you have going on. And I love the framework that you have, especially the, the new branded one with the three parts of vision, voice, and village. And one thing that I know as a mom is we deal with a lot of stress, either at work or at home. Finding the root causes of these stress is, I think, the biggest challenge, but also the thing that we need to, to tackle in order for us to really deal with a lot of the issues that we have as moms. So yes. I just wanted you to talk to us about your new framework and <laughs> why it's so important for us to have these three different parts. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's most, I think the way that I usually talk about it is by understanding the source of the problem that I'm hoping to address through it um, and that I do address through it. And one of the big things is that I'll be very frank that the it, it really stems from personal issues around me being able to address to address my life as a working professional mom and then seeing that amongst working entrepreneur or working professional moms and particularly um, black mothers, uh, one of the things that you know I have gotten a lot of mixed reviews and interest around is why, why black moms and why not all moms and really understanding kind of a sense of you know overall as black women being devalued, being um, judged, being um, demonized sometimes for, for how we mother and always feeling like we're under the lens. And I think to some extent, you know, there hasn't really been many avenues to really talk about, you know, ourselves in a safe space and also to be able to focus on ourselves because the fact is 80% or more of, of black mothers are breadwinners or co-breadwinners of our homes. So it's like, we don't have time to be talking about ourselves. We have to take care of our families. And not, and I think the big source of stress is that 
without that other side of doing the work, but then having the time to restore, refresh, re-energize, and rest, then it starts to build and build in addition to all of the other things that we as Black women in general have to have to counteract. So, you know, my focus has been on really empowering moms. And I, I think of an empowered mom as a mom who's authentically herself, who's assertive, and who's ambitious. And um, I have three pieces to that, three things that I think that we need to be um, that empowered mom. And that's um, having a vision, a clear vision, having a strong voice of what you need and what you want and um, how to get it. And then also having the village that you've cultivated to truly support you and also that you kind of align. So meaning that there might be people who are in your village who don't need to be in your village because mm -hmm. they're not helping. Um, and then really cultivating the village to think, how can I expand it to make sure that the things that I can't offer my children because of either it's not my strength, it's not my wheelhouse, how can I expand that village to make sure that there's a, a, a legacy that of what I want for my child to have that's well-rounded? Um, and so that's primarily the focus of it. I would like to say, though, I think, you know, a lot of times we, and myself included, we talk about ourselves as moms. And I think that to some extent, we do have to start thinking about how do we talk about, talk about ourselves as women who mother, um, particularly because I think that as we've been moving into a lot more mom support, mom branding, that it focuses, it puts the attention on what we are doing, which is mothering, rather than who we want to become, which are women who can be multifaceted, who have relationships that they need to cultivate, who have um, work uh, that they need to, that they want to, and work aspirations that they want to achieve, who have, of course, the parenting issues that they want to focus on, but who also have a self that needs to be fulfilled and needs to be filled, um, and trying to make sure that all of those different domains are addressed and, and not simply labeling ourselves as moms, because we're so much more than that. Yes, yes. And I love how you put that, women who mother, because it, it is true. We we do have different aspects that make us uniquely who we are. So I love the way that you put that. But I wanted to break down the three parts of your, your framework that you have. And first, starting with the vision part. Because especially for moms, it's, sometimes it's hard for us to get clear on our priorities and what's really most important to us. And I feel like if we do know what is most important to us, that will help reduce a lot of the stress. So I wanted you to talk to us a little bit about getting clear on our priorities and having that vision. Yeah. So I think, yes, I think you're completely right that uh, figuring out what the priorities are is always a challenge because everything seems to be a priority. Mm -hmm. And there's um, <laughs> um, this interesting, in the coaching program, actually, there's an interesting model that I introduced, which is that many people probably know about, which is the Eisenhower um, box. It's of like four, a four box matrix and about how on one, on the top of the box, it's important. And on the side of the box, it's urgent. And you have four different things like where it's like not important, not urgent important, not urgent, and really trying to like think about the, our lives, first of all, that not everything is important and urgent. Not everything mm -hmm. is. And so really starting to think in that way, is this important or is this urgent? But one of the things that I usually do, and just so you know, for 
thinking about our vision, there are three things that I think are three actions that we need to do. I call them demanding your desires, growing your genius, and mastering your minutes. But what they um, focus on is demanding your desires is really around understanding what your priorities are. And usually what we found is that there's a time and a values disconnect in many of our lives. So a lot of times what that means is that we're spending time on things that actually in the, if we ask ourselves what we value are completely in disarray. So I think for me, uh, prior to this, definitely very early work was what I would spend my most of my time on. But I wouldn't say work was like the thing that I valued most in my life. It was definitely mm-hmm. high. And, and, you know, I think that my relationship was, was something that was faltering with my spouse in terms of the amount of time that I would spend, but it was something that I really did value. And so looking at that, what what I was able to think about was the fact that we need to think about prioritizing the things that we value that maybe we're not spending as much time on as being a first step in thinking of the domains of where we need to focus. And then I think the second piece is growing your genius, which is really around not only having an idea of what your strengths are, but really being able to do formal assessments, which we do um, on your strengths. Um, the Strengths Finder is a really great assessment to identify what are the things that I actually thrive and naturally do well, and how does that lean into being able to, you know, foster or improve those priorities and make sure that those priorities are being met. And it also helps us to identify what don't I do and where, who are the people that I need help because those aren't my strengths. So Mm -hmm. who are the people that can help supplement that? And I think the last thing is mastering your minutes and becoming really efficient and almost ruthless about our schedules and taking and almost one of the great uh, things that, and actually the moms who are in my program right now, they're doing their time audit uh, starting on Monday. And if many of your listeners know, the time audit, a lot of times we're familiar with at work where you just write down how many hours of what you're doing at each half an hour interval. And actually what they're doing is looking at that across their lives. So from 7 a.m. until they go to bed, what are they doing? Is it like, is the accumulation actually two hours on Facebook? Is it like one hour, like parents, like, you know, doing whatever, feeding the kids and, and trying to get an idea of how are you actually spending your time and what are the changes that you need to make? Um, if that, if the way you're spending your time doesn't, is not consistent or congruent with your values. I like that a lot because I know that the the time issue is one thing that I feel like I have mastered, but there's still some times where I start to slip and it's usually with my phone. I will be honest because <laughs> I'll be like, oh, I'm just going to check something real quick. And next thing you know, it's like 10 minutes later and I'm like, I didn't even check it because I've been on Instagram looking at who knows what. And I Instagram found myself- is attractive. It does play <laughs> It caught me today because, like, I was sitting on the bed because I didn't want to go do laundry. I was like, okay, I'm going to give myself two minutes to look at Instagram. Next thing you know, I was on a rabbit trail with Cardi B. And I'm like, <laughs> how did I get here? And it's 20 minutes later. 
So I think it's really important to really look at our time because it's one of those things we say that we don't have time for for certain things, but it's not necessarily that we don't have the time. It's, you know, where we're putting that time in doing other things that are not as important. So I love that you talk about the the time audit and, you know, mastering those minutes because that is huge. Yeah, one thing that I did want to mention with that is they're actually, it's interesting because um, I read multiple books at the same time. When I mean read, I, when I say read, I mean listen. Um, but I read multiple books at the same time. And one of the ones that was really interesting was a book by Gay Hendricks called The Big Leap. And he talks about something called Einstein time. And it's kind of like time comes from you rather than a lot of the language that we use, which is, I don't have enough time. There's not enough hours in the day. And um, one thing that he mentioned was, I think, a a really poignant um, uh, example. So he mentioned that you might have your child come into your room and your child is like, I don't know, wants you to color with them or something. And you just are like, you you, you say to them, oh, no, I don't have time right now. I'm really busy. Um, instead of saying, I don't want to do that, right? Yes. It's, like, it's not actually you don't have time. It's like you don't want to do that because if that same child came and was bleeding on their finger, you know, you you somehow now have time to put the Band-Aid on, get that done, and fix that. And so it's really about kind of us saying to ourselves and being very clear about what we don't want to do, what we do want to do. And if we, and a lot of times it's guilt, if we don't want to do something, then being, being clear with ourselves about that or saying, you know what, how can I navigate this? Is there a different way that I can block, like put it into blocks or chop it up? Or is there, is, can I give this to somebody else to do? But we have to kind of be clear that we actually have the time for the mo- that we can make for the things that we want to do and then the things that we don't want to do, sometimes we have to think a little strategically about how can we give those things out? How can we say no to certain things? How can we negotiate? How can we delegate? Yes, yes, I am totally with you on that one. And I think this leads up to the to the next part about voice because that is the one, I will be honest and raise my hand, that's the one that I need help with the most. So break that one down for us and talk to us about that. Okay. All right. I, I'm, I'm sure you're fine. But anyway. <laughs> so with voice, I mean, it really, it comes from the idea that a lot of times, I, and, I, and to be very, very important, I am working, my program works with work of Black moms, and specifically a lot of the framework is really focused on some of the things that I've encountered um, as a pediatrician for so long amongst black moms. And one of the things is kind of their voice either being uh, misconstrued. Um, a lot of times if uh, there are questions, those are seen like aggression or being seen as angry instead of being seen as inquisitive or curious a lot of times, or our voice is not allowed to speak. Uh, or, or were made invisible. And so it's really about trying to develop that confidence in a world that beats you down consistently. Um, and so there are three things that I, I included in that, which um, number one was find your fuel. Number two is rule your routines. And number three is know your no and no, know your no. And so for finding your fuel, that's really around realizing that if you you can't give your children your family what you don't have and that was a quote from Brene Brown and um, what that means for us is really thinking about 
what restores us, what brings us joy, what are the things that we can do for ourselves. And it does lean into the self-care standpoint of thinking, and and self-care has been overused a lot, but Mm -hmm. what I really want to talk about when I say that is kind of what is your guiding, what is the thing that you feel that really helps you to be able to take yourself away from the things that are stressing you at one point or another. Um, I'm a recent yogi now. I'm just starting and I'm okay. also, yeah, I'm just starting. Don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and really, you know, at first I was very skeptical because my prior life, I was African dance enthusiast and did a lot of African dance throughout college. And so I was kind of like, oh my gosh, it was going to be so boring. It's going to be, there's no drums, there's no like anything, <laughs> there's nothing like that. And then realizing it was the space where I could just literally like let not think about anything except my breaths and, and my positions and really be able to just have that safe space for reflection. And what I've found is that when we tap into self-care quite readily, it's where our deepest ideas, our like strongest um, desires of what we want, our vision, it starts to percolate in that space, in that space that's not overrun with what I got to cook today, what am I going to wear today, Who, what meetings do I have? In that space, it really allows us to tap into our genius to identify what it is we really want and even to start to create plans, you know, for how we can get there. And, and, and I think when we don't have that space, that thinking space, that breathing room, um, it, it really is detrimental to our growth. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of times it just keeps us comfortable. And when you're comfortable, you're not really growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the other piece that we need for developing your voice is really around ruling your routines. And why I say that is that another book that I'm list- reading to is, um, <laughs> is uh, Atomic Habits. And if people haven't read that, you should read that book um, by James Clear. But it really gets you to the point of understanding how you can make sure that your life is your voice your life is representative of your voice and your confidence particularly by how you're able to navigate doing things as habits and making them kind of second nature so some of the things around that are really around how do you create the wellness habits that you need and create habits that are going to be sustainable for you how do you create a routine that fills you up, that includes your self-care, but also includes the parenting that you want to do, includes the relationship time that you want. How do you develop those routines and, and make them strong and make them sustainable um, so that they're not, be, they're not things that you have to try to figure out how to fit in, but things that you've actually created that to have time for within your month and things that you actually show um, to be both easy to do, attractive, making them attractive, making them obvious for you, and making them rewarding for you. Um, And the last thing I would say for your voice, which a lot of times that we don't do, particularly because, you know, even as women who mother, a lot of times we are just have that nurturing nature of like really trying to be it for all to all and really knowing your no and being very committed to that. Because if you're saying yes to something, you already are saying no to something else. Mm -hmm. And so how can you actually start with no (laughs) to protect yourself and then tell yourself, what are the reasons I should say yes to this? 
Is it aligned with the vision that I have for my life? Is it going to provide me with a new opportunity to be able to grow in some way? Is it actually something that I feel like is important for my self um, uh, care? Is it, and really have those specific criteria for you that helps you to say no and be very strong with that and know that when you're saying no, you're actually saying more committed yeses because you know when pe people will be trained to know that, oh, when she said yes, that means, okay, this, is, this really is something she wants to do and this is something that she's going to do because she doesn't just say yes to everything. Um, and so I think those are three things about developing our voice to really tap into our self-care, make sure we have routines that are well, let our kind of four-way wins and, and tap into all our domains, and then making sure that we are saying no um, in a way that that is is making sure that we say more committed yeses. Yes, I I love all of what you are sharing with us right now because <laughs> I... I, I'm totally with you on the whole self-care being a little overused and <laughs> probably not really explained well to some people because um, I think it's just gotten a little bit overboard in some areas. But I feel as moms, we don't take care of ourselves well enough a lot of times. And I'm sure you've seen it all the time, um, especially you know, seeing patients, you'll see them bring their kids in as soon as they have a sniffle, but they'll be walking around looking beat up and Correct. won't even do anything. Correct. So exactly. <laughs> you'll be like, um, mom, don't you want to be seen too? Like, don't you want me to help you? But they'll be like, no, 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 I'm fine. Just take care of them. Um, so just remember to take care of ourselves because it, it comes to a point. I feel like eventually your body is going to like let you know like okay mm -hmm. you're tired you need to sleep or you haven't been eating the right food so now these things are gonna um start happening to you like you're you're not gonna be able to go to the bathroom or whatever it is you're gonna start having constipation different things like you and i feel like a lot of times we we ignore those things but having that routine like you said i think is so 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 important and i love how you said you know making it a routine that's a part of our day because <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I've done that one time where I just kind of like run myself into the ground and I was like, never again. Never yes. Again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, and I honestly do think that like, if we think about it, if we go back into our head and think about, you know, some people are like, oh, I can't stop these kids. Like they won't like you, you think about yelling at your kids a lot of times. It has nothing to do with your kids. Like mm -hmm. your kids are just like an innocent bystander to like, the lack of sleep that you had, the irritability that you're having from not really being able to rest or to, to exercise or breathe at all at the end of the day. And unfortunately, like usually your significant other, whoever lives with you are kind of the, you know, people who have to like deal with whatever you've retained. Like in, you know, for some of us, it's our workplace and our workplace isn't feeding us in the right way. For some of us, it, it really is like everything's falling on us and we're not asking for help and it, it's going to come out. And the, and the part that I usually say to a lot of moms, because like you said, they won't go for their own checkup, but they make sure to do everything and anything for their kids is that this is not an isolated issue. Your lack of self-care doesn't stop at you. It actually really intervenes with what is going to happen to your kids, particularly and how you mother and what your disposition is with them. And also in terms of what they see, because I think it's very important to know that we can tell our kids, you know, do what you want. It's okay. Like be who you need to be. 
There's no, you know, you don't need to be any, but if we're not showing them that we're vulnerable, that, hey, mom's stressed out right now, mom's going to go take a nap, then they don't have any model to do that when they get older. They have no um, way to figure out, oh, when I'm feeling tired, this is what I should do because we a lot of times emulate what we've seen as children. And so if we haven't seen our mothers rest, if we haven't seen our mothers take a break, if we don't know that our mothers get tired or get stressed and we don't see that, then we have these very weird warped ideals of what being a mother is. And that's why kind of I created super mom rehab because that was me. And that is, it's a journey. I'm not, I'm not perfect yet. But it's more of taking that journey and learning from other moms like you and, uh, and being able to say, okay, how can I make a, a change, a little tweak now closer to who I want to become? Um, and what are the different things that I can take from experiences that I have with other moms or just experiences um, in general? Hey there, I just wanted to take a second to just tell you thank you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for supporting this podcast. And one thing that you could really do to really help me and to help get this message out is to rate and subscribe this podcast. If you're listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, All you have to do is go over to the rate and subscribe button, hit the five star button, and then you can just leave something really quick in that comment section. This helps me out tremendously. One, it lets me know that the information and the guests that I am getting on this podcast is helpful. And it also lets other moms know that this is an awesome podcast to listen to. So do me a favor right now, hit pause and go over and rate and subscribe this episode. I'm serious. Hit pause and rate and subscribe. This will help me out a ton. And I appreciate you so, so much for doing this for me. Now, if you're listening, you're like, hey, I'm not listening to this on iTunes or Apple podcast. You can help me out, too, by taking a screenshot of this episode that you're listening to and putting it in your stories on Instagram or on Facebook. This gets the message out to other moms so that we can all be real happy moms. So thank you so much for doing this for me I am going to get back into this week's episode yes and another thing too that you brought up was um saying no because (laughs) I will be honest with you I don't know if I told you this but I I have this um I I call it a little bit of a disease where I'm like too nice and I say yes (laughs) all the time I recently got a coach and um she's kind of like helped me toughen up a little bit Okay, it was good. like, you know, like you don't have to say yes to everyone who, you know, comes around and asks you for something like if, and especially if it's something that I don't want to do, mm-hmm. I will still say yes. And so I was like, so proud of myself the other day because someone like sent me an invitation to do something and it was like super last minute it was like, oh yeah, can you do this and um, help us out? And yeah, I need to talk to you tomorrow. Um, Thanks. And I was just like, no, like. No. You're not going to come to me like last minute asking for my help. And usually the old me would have been like, oh, well, you know, let's help them out. Let's let's just do this. You know, I'll move some things around and, and figure this out for you. And I was like, uh, first of all, I don't know you. Second of all, you asked me <laughs> stuff last minute. 
And third of all, you making it look like I'm just sloppy seconds. So no, thank you. Have a great day. I hope whatever you're doing works out for you. And it felt so good to say no. Um, And I think a lot of times we get into that habit of saying yes all the time. Mm -hmm. But like you said before, when you're saying yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And you know, it's a skill. It's not, I will say some people are better at it than others. Like it's, it's funny because a lot of my friends will be like, I need, I need your help because I need to, you know, I need to tap into some Omolara. And I'm like, what, what does that mean? I'm like, and then it like makes me feel bad. Cause I'm like, I'm, I'm a nice person. I do like, but they know like if I don't want to do it, I'm not doing it. And, and I, and I don't cushion it like, Oh, I wish I could. Like, it's like, I can't do that right now. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe, like, if I'm feeling good and nice, I might be like, well, let me, you know, maybe there's some, uh, they, I might throw in someone who, who potentially could be an alternative for it. But most of the time, I'm just like, I can't do that right now. And it's like, it's so hard. And they're like, okay, okay, let's practice. Okay. And it's just like, <laughs> but I don't know. So I feel like I do have those times. And I think definitely as a mom, it. honestly people talk a little bit about the fact that oh gosh if I'm a mom and I'm a working mom I don't have enough time for my kids I'm not doing you know they talk about all these deficits but I feel like as a mom in the years that I have become a a mom and had to continue working it's just allowed for me to say no so much easier because it's kind of like I know that these are the things that I want to be at for my kids for my relationship for you know myself and so then it can kind of keeps that sliver of time that is for okay whatever pops up and it's easier for me to say no that's not going to work with where I'm what what I need to do right now or that's not working with like what that's not in line with my vision right now for the next three months or my goals for the next three months so I'm gonna have to say no um, at this time period you know and and people appreciate that because then you show up better when you know that you have the time to do what it is and the time to give all of your best to that. But when you're saying yes to things and it's too much, then you don't show up in a way that really supports you and supports like your reputation and how you're able to, to perform for the, those other people. Absolutely. Now, I want us to jump into the last part of the framework of Village. And like I was telling you before we jumped on, this has been kind of my theme for the year is building my village and my tribe. So I am so, so happy to talk to you about this part. (laughs) Well, awesome. Okay. So for the village, you know, I think, and and we were talking about this before and and I have a podcast episode coming out on this, but we were talking about the fact that you know, I'm, I'm Nigerian American. I was, I grew up here in, in America, but um, my family was born in Nigeria. My husband's from Nigeria and grew up there too. And, you know, I really, when I think, when I thought of this part of the framework, it really stemmed out of just experiences that, that I know are not only, of course, from my own experience at, you know, visiting family in Nigeria, but is something so ancestral around being able to know that the Western way that we practice motherhood here is not, I I would say, is not aligned with kind of who we are historically and who we are, you know, as, as having ancestral roots from Africa and realizing that, you know, I would be playing with cousins in 
you know, the in the back of somebody's house or in the street, and, and the moms, all of them would be congregating in the back or potentially in the kitchen or whatever. And it literally was kind of like, whose child are you? You're everyone's child. Mm-hmm. So if like one mom catches you out of the of her, of her eye doing something, then she has the right to reprimand you or figure out like what needs to be done. And so it's kind of the idea of really saying to yourself, how can I not only have a village that is put upon me, meaning, you know, have certain people who are my family or whatever, and then, you know, trying to figure out, is this person going to help me in this way, but really cultivating and refining that village to support you in different ways, particularly when you also know what your, what aren't your strengths and making sure that you might have people to help you with that. So for the village piece, I have three things as well, which are um, claiming your courage, um, being able to ignite your people, and then living your legacy. And so what that is, is claiming your courage is really around how do I navigate um, and create a village that allows for me to be adept at negotiating what I need and and being able to do that, developing that skill to be able to do that in a way that is restorative, in a way that doesn't feel like you're in competition, but feels like you're you're putting both parties like values in front of them. So I had one mom who I was coaching yesterday actually, and she was um she works as a uh, she works and she was saying, you know, she gets home and she wants to eat um, right away, but she ends up, and she has somebody who stays home with her kids, but that person, like, she tells them, okay, I want, as soon as I get home, you can you go off and do what you need to do, that the person lives at her house um, during the week, and we were talking about the fact that, well, if she's home with your kids, can't she do some of the prep to help with the with dinner? And, you know, getting some of that done so that you're not now help taking care of the kids and then also having to figure out how to prepare your meal. And couldn't that be a conversation to have? And she was very reluctant mm-hmm. to do that because she, even though I was like, you, you know, you're paying this person, right? Um, but it's, like, it's not like she's doing all of this, taking care of your kids for free. But she was really reluctant to add anything on there. And so we came to the point of thinking about what is it that you both need? You both need dinner right? You both need Mm -hmm. to to eat something. So is it, would would it be able to, would it be better to couch it underneath? Hey, you know, I know that I'm not able to like really prepare the meals the best way that I can or get enough like um, time to, to really do manage taking care of the kids and doing that once I get home. Um, And I know that you need to eat too. Would it be possible for you to like prep whatever and so that then when we get home we both can like eat dinner relax or whatever and then you kind of go to your space and then I, I get the kids or whatever and she was so receptive to that but it's about like how do you negotiate and how do you feel comfortable negotiating um, and getting the courage to negotiate and also claiming the fact that remember thinking about what that motivation is for you because we do a lot better at negotiating for things outside of ourselves than we do for, for ourselves. So what is the actual thing that would be the, re, the, the consequence or repercussion outside of yourself, um, the benefit that, that would help to motivate you to negotiate? I think the other pieces were ignite your village. I'm, I'm sorry, ignite your people. And that's really around um, thinking about how do I delegate in a way 
that is also valuable. So one skill is negotiation. The other skill that's separate from it is delegation and really identifying and doing a deep dive into what is it that this person contributes to my, to my family or to my life? Um, how, how are they special? Like I know my, my dad, he's retired and he can be kind of grumpy um, most of the time. <laughs> he's not the greatest like babysitter, what I would say, but when I was thinking about it, he's kind of my kid's connection to their past. He tells them, um, all of the, the weird like stories about myself and, and my brother when we were little and they enjoy that. And like, so that, you know, has been really helpful for them to realize, oh, mom was a kid and mom. And, and so these are like little nuggets that they get to have, um, through being around him. And so thinking about when we delegate that it's not, I have to do this, but I get to delegate to this person and this is what they're going to provide for my family you know, and this is how, what the value add is that better than me alone doing this, right? I'm not a nature person, but my close friend is. And so when I delegate to her, hey, would you be able to like help me care for the kids like this week? I think I can help you like next month or whatever. They get this opportunity to go on a hike or like go camping or do something that Lord knows I would not be doing. And so it's kind of like enriching your family by tapping into what that network is. And then the last thing I always talk about with your village is living your legacy and not, take, not saying that the future is for the future, but thinking about what is the goal that you want and thinking about the end in mind. It doesn't have to be five years or one year. It could be in the next three months. Where do you want to be and how do you live that? So it could be your legacy around you know, financially where you want to be in the next three months, um, personally where you want to be in the next three months or in the next year, whatever makes the most sense for you. But then how do you live that? Who do you need in your circle to make that happen? And knowing that it just can't be you. Like it's not possible where humans are relational, relational beings. So it's not possible for you to get what you want as a woman who mothers um, by trying to do it all yourself. Absolutely. I 100% agree with that. Because I, I know for me, I am that recovering super mom that you talked about, where I feel like I have to do everything myself. And I quickly learned that I cannot. <laughs> and that's why this tribe or village that I'm trying to, to cultivate is so important to me, especially yes. this year. Because I have tried doing it by myself. It does not work. Yes. So I'm, I'm seeing now more and more like, how I can have that tribe that I've been wanting. And I love um, how you brought up, you know, negotiating as well as delegating and looking at it in a different way, because I know for me, delegation has always been one thing that's been difficult, but when you put it like that, you know, you know, how they're going to benefit, how I'm going to benefit from it. Like it makes me see it as it's not that bad. Like I, it, it's actually going to be a good thing for them to, to You're do. You're doing them a favor. Let me stop. Yes, really, I am. So I love that. And I love that that different mindset that you've given me here with that aspect. So thank you for that one. <laughs> no problem. Now you have gone through your framework with us of a vision, voice, and village. And it has been absolutely wonderful. I've been taking notes like crazy over here. <laughs> 
This has oh been so, so good. And you have shared so much with us. But if there was one thing that you wanted us to take away today after listening, what is one thing that you want us to implement right, right now? So there is a quote, I think it's by CJ Manley, but he talks about um, we make time for the things we value. And so if anything that I would want um, women uh, who, are, who are mothering to do is to put themselves first and think about in what way could they put themselves first. So meaning in, in the, it might be around like thinking about, you know, how am I going to get that massage in or how am I going to have that time like 30 minutes before my kids wake up or those 30 minutes after I put my kids to bed. But really starting with the end in mind about you and really circling and navigating that time and saying, okay, where does this time fit? Where is it? Where where makes the most sense for me? Is it lunchtime? Where is it that I have that time to live? That literally is just like free time. And for me to be able to put myself first, to think about what I want and reflect on that, um, because I think that's where it starts. And I, and ultimately, there has been some work around doing that in the beginning of the day, maybe a little bit better than the end of the day. Um, but in any case, it's just about making sure it's actually carved out. So in my calendar, I actually have like in my calendar, this is, I'm going to be eating at this time. This time I'm just going to be sitting and like relaxing or listening to podcast, like whatever it is that mm -hmm. energizes you that you love. I'm a boring person. So I love listening to podcasts. Um, and, I, and I love like reading multiple books at one time, as you can hear. And, um, and I try to make sure that's carved out. If it's not in the day, is it in the week? Uh, and so, you know, I would say that that's the biggest thing. And a lot of times the best question you can ask yourself, which it took me a while to do was what gives you joy? Not like, and, and not thinking about kind of, what you do for others gives you joy, but what do you do for yourself that gives you joy? And if that becomes really difficult for you to answer, that's a testament to being able to maybe have some crucial conversations um, with yourself and with others to be able to carve out that time to think about that, that, that question and what the answer is to that. Yes, I like that a lot. And thank you for that thought-provoking question because you got me stuck on that because I was uh -oh. like, wait a minute. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have a session after the is over. No problem. No problem. <laughs> I got yes. you. But thank you so much for, for taking the time out to talk to us and go through your framework. It has been amazing. And if you are listening and you want to get in touch with Dr. Omolara and learn about her group coaching and um, get started with her, definitely um, reach out. And I definitely want you to give us all the information on where we can find you online and how we can get into your group coaching. Oh, yeah. So thanks again. Um, so everyone, like you can DM me at any time on my social media. I, I would say the two places that I live mostly are Facebook um, I actually have a Facebook group called Supermom Rehab, um, and uh, you can look that up on Facebook, or you can find me, look up my name, and then you can DM me that way, or on Instagram at Supermom Rehab. Um, you can find me there, and I post lots of like interesting stuff, including my family um, and some of the trials and tribulations of that, as well as the joys. And then my my program is called Empowered, which is M. 
So it starts with M for mama and melanin and all those good stuff. Um, M powered and the, you can actually find me and find the program at bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash super mom call. And there's actually a intake that we do to find out where you're at. And then you can schedule time to speak with me there and we can get like, figure this out. Get things going. <laughs> Definitely, definitely. And I will make sure to include all of that in the show notes. So if you're listening and you didn't have a chance to write it down, definitely check the show notes. It will all be there. So Amalara, thank you so much again for coming on and chatting with me and giving me all of this juicy goodness. I am so happy I got to talk to you today. No, thank you for the opportunity. I hope it was helpful for your audience. Yes. Man, Dr. Omolara is such a powerhouse, and I am so glad that I was able to bring her on the podcast and share this with you. I know that I was taking notes like a crazy lady when she was talking about those four different parts of our framework, and I hope that you found something that you can take away and implement into your life and your routine. Now, if you want to find the links in the show notes that were mentioned in this episode, go to realhappymom.com slash 67. That's the number 67. There you'll find all of the links that were mentioned as well as a complete blog post about this particular episode. Now, next week, we have another awesome mom guest coming on. We have Kendall. She is going to be talking about savings and reducing debt. Now, I will be honest with you, money is a topic I don't like to talk about, but Kendall was able to help me see that there is a different way that I can think about money and can talk about it, and it's not so bad. So make sure you tune into next week's episode with Kendall. Now, do me a favor, if you haven't already, rate and subscribe this podcast so that other moms can know about this episode as well as upcoming episodes. I have a lot of awesome things coming your way and I just want to make sure that you are the first to know about it. So thank you so much again for tuning in and listening. I will catch you next week with lots of love.